This is We're Gonna Beat. It is Thursday night, October 1st, 2020. We're almost out of 2020. Dang, I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us again. Mike Kern will join me in a minute as we break down the world of sports heading into another busy weekend. The NBA Finals uh, underway and could be over quickly with the way that the Heat are already banged up. Uh, The baseball playoffs underway. But Matt Clintax still has a job. That could change before the end of the weekend. Uh, Mike and I will talk about that in a little bit. But the main focus on this edition of Work in the Beat will be the Philadelphia Eagles. And joining us, obviously, will be a former Eagle linebacker. Now the afternoon host with John Marks on 94 WIP. Also, Jack Fritz is the producer of that show. Uh, it's Ike Reese will join us. Uh, the host, one of the half of the Marks and Reese show to discuss everything with the eagles we may throw a few things in with the sixers as well as as we record this apparently it's being reported by Woj, which means it's as good as done that uh doc rivers will be the next head coach of the 76ers which i'm relieved because it's not mike d'antoni um you know did doc have a rough ending in los angeles this year with the clippers and losing that 3-1 lead to a good but not as talented nuggets team probably probably not i think that was a tough group for uh them to try to to balance and i think for doc maybe it was a time for a change of scenery and that's exactly what happened and boy if he thought he had some egos out in la with george and leonard and all that wait till he gets here between simmons and Embiid, and we'll talk maybe to ike about that a little bit as well so uh that is our lineup coming up on this first or on this first edition of October. Uh, we are scheduled for next week for Tuesday. We're not going to have one Sunday night. There will be no ranch show Sunday night because if it's a ranch show, it'll probably be about midnight or twelve thirty, and I don't see us uh, doing that. But Tuesday and then Friday or, or Tuesday and Thursday again next week uh, as we continue to move on and. We will have our guests lined up at that point. Hopefully, we could get Ricky Patalco on. Just a few schedule quirks that didn't allow us to um, get together this week. And hopefully, by then, the Matt Clintax situation will be cleared up and we can uh, figure where they are going. But when we come back here on Working to Beat, it'll be... I can turn off the theme music, I guess. And when we come back on Working to Beat, it will be... Mike Reese from 94 WIP and the former Eagle special teams and linebacker legend. That's next, right after this.
San Francisco for a Sunday night football clash. I'm sure that the I'm sure that the nation can't wait to see an 0-2-1 team face a team that has a backup quarterback. But here we are. And there's no better person to talk about the Eagles than one of their finest, a former pro bowler, a fifth-round pick in uh, a fourth-round pick, right, Ike? Fifth-round pick from Michigan State, my favorite Spartan, which as an Notre fan, it's saying a lot, and currently the host of Marks and Reese, one of the hosts of Marks and Reese on 94 WIP Afternoons. It's Ike Reese. Ike, how are you? I'm great, Kev, Mike, man. I'm 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 excited to be here. I'm 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 happy to talk. We're gonna are, talk. To are you so, are you suiting up? Are you suiting up this week? They're a little light on linebackers. <laughs> listen for what listen for what they're paying Josh McCown just to do Zoom calls. I, I certainly will suit up. <laughs> I may not I may point, not make man. it through the whole game, but I'll suit up. As a linebacker, well, well, as a linebacker, let me ask the first question. As a linebacker, and you've seen how the position with this team has been de-emphasized under Jim Schwartz. It's got to hurt you a little bit personally, doesn't it? Yeah, no doubt about it. No, no doubt about it. Um, you know, playing, playing, playing defense in Philadelphia. Um, to me, there, there's a standard. I mean, there was a standard that was set here through the days of Concrete Charlie on down to Bill Berge and those guys. And obviously what Reggie White, uh, Seth Joyner, Jerome Brown, all those guys were able to do, you know, when even just being a role player under Jim Johnson, uh, we as a defense still felt like we needed to live up to the 91 Philadelphia Eagles in order to be a good defense. So uh, this city has always been known when it comes to Eagles football for their defense first. And um, to see that, you know, you can't – to me, you can't have a good defense without having good linebacker play. It's almost impossible. Uh, It's the quarterback of the defense. It's the direct connect between the secondary and what's going on up front. And it's the only position on the field uh, that's really asked to do uh, both jobs of a run defender and a pass defender. So uh, it really takes – unique players to play that position and to get impact players at that position, you really have to be able to identify what you're looking for in a linebacker. Not only that, then how you're going to utilize it. And my biggest issue with our defense right now is just that there is no real emphasis on that position and how they can affect the game. It's almost like we need 11 players out there. You got to have a couple linebackers. So we, we, we have guys that line up at the position, but they clearly put their money up front and in the secondary. Mike. Like, do you think having the safety that they had, who's now in New Orleans, who could be a linebacker almost in a lot of cases, Malcolm Jenkins. maybe diffuse that a little bit the last couple of years that maybe you didn't notice the linebackers weren't as good as they needed to be? Well, that, that that's part of it, Mike. And, and then – you know, Malcolm was a perfect fit because that's sort of where today's defenses are going. You know, you got to try to defend against the pass uh, more often than you do to run. So the days of having linebackers, you know, the size of Jeremiah Trotter, and, you know, and things of that nature, those days are gone. You got to be able to cover tight ends and running backs in this league. And so a lot of teams are going to the hybrid type of linebacker, you know, linebacker slash safety. Malcolm was perfect for that role. I don't know if Jalen Mills plays that role. As a matter of fact, I know he doesn't play the role as well as Malcolm Jenkins did. 
And then the linebacker position, I think the bigger issue is, Mike, is the guys that we identify as the, the linebackers we want to play in this defense. Like, to me, Jordan Hicks is the perfect linebacker to fit in this defense. Quick, mm-hmm. able, to, able to, to get back in pass coverage, able to rush a little yes. bit. Yes, yes, he can do both. Mm-hmm. And he's probably the best linebacker they drafted here since Jeremiah Trotter. I mm-hmm. mean, I know he had health concerns while he was here, but man, you see what he's doing out there in Arizona. He was a Pro Bowl linebacker last year, and he could play all three downs. He was solid versus the run, and he's good versus the pass, and you can use him as a rush linebacker if that's what it called for. So they, they, and Michael Kendricks was was part that as well. Right. So they, they, they actually drafted a couple of linebackers that, that could fit that mode. The problem was when it was time for those guys to become free agents, you, they didn't want to put the money into the, in the linebacker position. So they obviously prefer to, to use draft capital and more of their salary cap on defensive linemen, and secondary players. You got to make a choice of, okay, where are we going to allocate our money? And because of the defense Jim Jim, uh, Swartz runs, they feel they can get by without putting a premium on that position. So this is coming from Schwartz and not Roseman. That that philosophy of... Oh, yeah. That's all Jim at that point. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would have to believe so because... If you're, if you're running a defense where you want to emphasize the linebacker position, mm-hmm. you're going to make that a premium. You're like As a defensive coordinator, you're going to express that to your front office that this is what I need in order for my defense to work. So I would ha- I'm, I'm listening, I'm on the outside, but I would have to imagine that right. they, would, they would rather allocate most of their resources up front and on the back end. I mean, just think about the philosophy of the defense. They don't like to bring extra pressure. Right. right. They do that sparingly. They would rather use their front four to get to the quarterback as opposed to using extra guys. But we all know this 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 philosophy of the linebacker may not be as a pre, may not be a premium position goes back twenty years under this regime. Well Joe, I mean, Joe Banner really, was the same way, right? Yeah, exactly. And 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 I think more so back then it had less to do with philosophy from Jim Johnson because the linebacker position was important to Jim Johnson. I think more so back then that was a financial philosophy. I think now it's become a combined situation with the Eagles where financially they feel they can get by without either paying uh, top dollar or spending a first-round draft pick on a linebacker. And then philosophy-wise – I just don't think Jim Swartz views that as a necessity in his defense to be successful. Ike Reese joining us. Go ahead, Mike. Okay, Kevin. No, go ahead. No, Ike Reese joining us. Ike, let me flip the topic here to the one that's obviously been the most, and you've heard about it all week, which is the quarterback, and you've heard about it now for three weeks, and you are a pretty staunch defender of Carson Wentz, but where is he in your mind right now? And is the problems he's having technique, confidence, or coaching? Uh, he's lost right now, I believe. Um, 
I don't think he's as lost as he was a couple weeks ago. Um, I know when you tie Cincinnati, nobody wants to hear the positives, and, and there aren't very many positives from his perspective in that game. We all watched him play, saw the interception, saw the overthrow to Miles Sanders, saw him miss guys that were open where he didn't even go there. He went somewhere else. But I like what I saw at the end of the game where he improvised and the will to fight to try to win showed up late in that game from his perspective. But to, to, your, to your question, I think it's a combination of all those things. I really do. It isn't just one or two of those things. Uh, now, the pecking order of those things will vary depending on who you ask. You ask me. I think the biggest issue with him right now is decision-making because he's turning the ball over mm -hmm. and he's not seeing the entire field where there are guys open and either he is gun-shy because he's afraid he's going to turn the ball over or he's gone somewhere else with the football and he's missed an opportunity where they could have had a big play. And then you go to the mechanics, that's where you get the overthrows. That's where you get the, you know, the missed throws to a running back on a screen play, right? But mm -hmm. you're getting a mixture of all those things. And then the coaching aspect of it, in my opinion, it's not that he's not getting coached properly. It may be too many coaches in his ear throughout the week, right, with all with different philosophies uh, on how they believe they can get the best out of him. And they brought in a couple of a senior assistant coaches. Marty Morningwig was one. And, and Rich Gangarella. Right. They brought in. How much, how, much, how much influence or say are they having in coaching Carson Wentz? Press Taylor. How much influence does he have from the standpoint of correcting Carson Wentz? He works with him the closest as the quarterback coach and the passing game coordinator. Mm -hmm. And then Doug Peterson really being the overseer of all of this. I don't know how much hands-on he's working with Carson. I would like to see a little more of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I would like to see a little more in-game, one-on-one coaching with Carson on the bench from Doug Peterson. Right? Who's who's talking to Carson when he comes to the sideline and he missed a Zach Ertz who was wide open and he threw the ball somewhere else or he didn't see a blitz coming? Who's going over those type of things with him in the game? Coaching him during the week is one thing. What's happening in the game and being able to get him out of a funk in the course of a game is something entirely different. And that may be the bigger issue, mm -hmm. right? I, I, he's probably getting the coaching throughout the week, but how much is he getting it in the game and how much is he listening to it? How much does he trust it to go out there and apply it? Right. So you got all those things going on with the quarterback right now. And, man, boy, I, I, it's – man, I, after three weeks, I would have thought he would be further along in coming out of this than he is. Well, you mentioned the game against, or you mentioned, you know, how the Cincinnati game, how at the end, you know, he rallies back and everything, and he, he looked good on the last drive of regulation. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of the Giant game last year, the Monday night game, which kind of started their role that he was awful for two and a half quarters, got hot, 
And suddenly, like, that was a springboard. So if you're an Eagles fan, that's maybe what you're hanging your hat on right now. But but there's so much other stuff with, with, with the lack of wide receivers they have and only one practice in the day. It, it's like I don't know how you, how you pull out of the tailspin at this point. And the that's, schedule that's, coming up. That's a great point. And it would be great if that's all they had to worry about is trying to fix Carson Wentz. You just mentioned it. Now you got to add in the injury situation because he can only look so good with the talent around him. And he was able to do that last year against, we all know, lesser opponents, teams he's familiar with, he had already faced. Um, And that was a benefit to the Eagles, more importantly, that he only had to do it for a month. Right. We're just in week four right now. Like, how long can he keep that going? Even if he's able to do it Sunday. The schedule gets tougher. Pittsburgh, Baltimore. You still got to play Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Dallas twice. Arizona. 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 So he may be able to do it Sunday, and I'm not even sure they can do it Sunday. But I just don't know how long he can sustain that And if you don't get Deshaun Jackson back on the field. If Alshon Jeffrey doesn't come back sooner rather than later. How long is Jalen Rager going to be out? Dallas Goddard was a big part of this offense. How long is he going to be out? Like, his best weapons this Sunday is going to be Greg Ward, Zach Ertz, and Miles Sanders. And that's assuming Sanders plays because he's been limited in practice too. Mike, go ahead. Sorry. Mike, how do you go, though? I look back to last year. I know they beat four bad teams at the end of the year, but they beat them. And he looked good, and he got a lot of credit for carrying them. They didn't kill the – but they won the games – Everybody's picking him to beat Seattle, which I'm not sure would have happened, but if he doesn't get hurt, to go from that to this, like, and I know they drafted a quarterback in the second round that we all sat there and shook our heads, but it just seems like everybody was so upbeat about this guy at the end of last year that he, like Kevin said, like he had turned a corner or something good had happened. And it seems like we're, we're nowhere near that now. And, and I don't know, it just confuses me. And I know this is weird year because of the pandemic and, you know, w- whatever. we've. But does it make any sense to you at all? Like, I mean, did you – I'm sure you didn't expect them to play like this, right? No. It, it, it makes no sense to me that it's at this level, right? It, it's – I mean, we're, we're talking about a stretch of football that we haven't witnessed from Car- Carson Wentz. We know that he can be a little inaccurate at times. We know that he's going to overthrow a receiver. Uh, uh, probably twice a game. We, we, those are things that we've seen throughout his career. But his decision-making, the turnovers from an interception standpoint, uh, what I'm seeing now is a lack of confidence to pull the trigger and throw the football. I mean, he has Deshaun Jackson open for a touchdown last week. He doesn't throw the ball. He takes a sack uh, down in the red zone, and they wind up having to kick a field goal. You know, that happens because – he threw an interception the week before against the Rams in the end zone. So now you got a quarterback who's lost confidence. I mean, Doug basically admitted that. I don't care how much Carson stands up there and tells everybody he's fully confident in himself and his abilities. There's no way we're watching you play and we're saying you don't look like the same player that we watched play the last month of the season under worse conditions. Mm-hmm. Like, you like you don't look anything like that player right now. 
And it's it's baffling to me. I'm pretty sure it has to be baffling to the coaches. The only thing I can I can say I can think of Kevin and 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 uh, Mike is he's pressing. He, he he's in his own head. Like, like aside is, aside from what might be between his ears. Yeah, which I think is we've had people tell Kevin and I that his mechanics is his feet things might not be right. Do you see things like that that don't yes. look right to you? Yes. Yep. I mean, that, that's the only way you can be as inaccurate as he is at, at, at times. Uh, he's never been a pure pocket passer. He's always been more of an athlete playing quarterback. And so the things what that happens with athletes that play quarterback is that they don't have necessarily have the mechanics down to a science. They don't rely on the mechanics to be success, successful. Guys like Carson, Deshaun Watson, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, guys that, that, that can throw the ball from different angles, can throw the ball on the run, who don't necessarily have to set their feet in the pocket and throw the ball at times, you get a false sense of confidence that you can do that all the time. And then, therefore, you don't, you don't pay attention to those little things you're more or less throughout the practice practice week. He's probably more concentrated on where should the ball go? Where should I where should I be throwing the ball? Who's mm-hmm. blitzing? When you really need to go back to the small fundamental things and 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 look at yourself on video and be honest with yourself and say, "Man, my mechanics are all out of whack." And man, if it if it means I need to get out here on the practice field, 30 minutes early and work on my mechanics and stay 30 minutes later working on the smallest things, then that's what I need to do. He has to put in the work, acknowledge that there's an issue, and continue to fight his way out of it. It's a similar I, I talked about this on the show this week. 2003, Donovan, if you go back and look at some of his stats, the first six or seven weeks of the season, you wouldn't believe him. I mean, you would not believe his completion percentage, the amount of yards he threw for, the, like, one touchdown maybe a game or something like that. I mean, we had a game, the Brian Westbrook return. In Against the, the Giants, where right. Saved, yeah, where he saved us. Donovan threw for 54 yards in that game. And that was week six. Yeah, you guys lose that game. You're done at that point. Yeah, we lose that game. We go to two and four. We started off the season 0 and 2. And Donovan coming off of the performance in the NFC Championship game and all the chatter is pressing. He feels the weight of the world on his shoulders. Like like you almost got to go out there and be perfect every game and – he just didn't play like himself. And it took a while. It took Andy readjusting the game plan. And we had the three-headed monster with Westbrook, Correll, Bullcutter, and Deuce Staley. We ran the ball more until Donovan got into a groove. And to, more importantly, until Donovan got his confidence back. We wound up winning nine games in a row. Had no business winning 12 games that season. Mm-hmm. But the coach realized what was going on with the quarterback. And until they got him fixed, we had to adjust how we were going to play. And that's why I think we're at with Carson. 
in my opinion, he needs to be a game manager right now. And you need to rely on the running game, your defense, and playing opportunistic football when it presents itself. That was the year you guys lost to the Panthers, right, after Donovan got hurt. Um, Ike Reese joining us. Okay, this is going to sound like a strange question, but how long does a Super Bowl win buy you in this town? And I'm talking about the head coach, and more specifically, I think this is a general manager problem. Because the way they've drafted and the way they've tried to patch stuff here, you know, yeah. say what you want about Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson right now is just eating a, eating a contract and he's eating payroll because of the, all the injuries. You know, yeah. they, they haven't they haven't done well necessarily in free agency the last couple of years, and the drafts have been disastrous. At some point, and you know the people involved here, especially Jeff, at what point does he look critically at what they're doing and say this isn't working anymore? Right now. You think? Right right now. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, Jeffrey Lurie is a smart man, and I don't think he was necessarily convinced or fooled by how the Eagles got in the playoffs the last two years. And he understands that from an offensive standpoint, they've been struggling the last two years to recapture the way they looked when they won the Super Bowl in 2017. I think that went into his decision to move on from offensive coaches. From Mike Grow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a Jeffrey Lurie decision. That was a or front office decision. That that's that's what that was. And how much longer does it buy uh, the guys that are in their positions right now, Howie and Doug, a Super Bowl win? I mean, it's balling three years since then. I, I I think if if you if you're if you if you're looking for a reason to give them another opportunity, this offseason obviously gives you that excuse. Mm-hmm. The the coronavirus, the shutdown, no offseason. That would basically put everybody on the hot seat next year. Right? I, I, I think Jeffrey is a guy who won't have a knee-jerk reaction. But he's certainly watching this season and this team, uh, and I mean every facet of it, offense, defense, coaches, draft picks, free agent signings, everything with a critical eye. And if this thing spirals out of control like it appears to be headed, yeah, there, 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 there's no way – I believe you come back with everybody in the same position. Well, and we've heard about the relationship with him and Howie, how he yeah. loves Howie. Okay. Yeah. But he has to be aware of Howie's shortcomings here that, you know, and I, I hate pinning it all on Howie because the head coach hasn't been great either, but the right. head coach kind of carried him over to finish line the last couple of years again, the playoffs when it looked like the season was over. This still to me looks more like a general manager problem than it is a head coach problem. At least in my mind, I don't know how you feel. Well, it, it's hard to determine who's more at fault. Like this, like so, if I'm in Howie's position and he says I, I drafted player A, B, C, D, whomever, right? They haven't developed young players, okay? Right. So, how many of these guys that they drafted got better over the years? Not not many of them. Miles Sanders, maybe that's it. I mean, and, and he in Dallas Goddard, right? Yeah. You got okay. Dallas Goddard. All right. So I don't know if Howie looks at it. 
it, it, at least it seems like from this past year's uh, decision-making, they may feel like it's a coaching issue. Mm-hmm. You brought in a new DB coach. You brought in a new D-line coach. Or you, you, you moved Matt Burke into the D-line position. You got rid of the old D-line coach. You brought in the fifth wide receiver coach mm-hmm. in five years, yeah. five different wide receiver coaches. You brought in two new senior assistant coaches. So to me, that indicates they feel like the proper coaching hasn't taken place to develop some of these players. Mike? Now, okay, I'm sorry. I don't know how long that becomes a plausible explanation before you say it's the players, not the coaches. Well, Jones, Dillard, Ortega, Whiteside, I, I mean, if, <laughs> if you can develop – now, look, I, I'm, I'm a believer that it's it's got to be a little bit of everything. Right. It's not just the drafts. It's not just the coaching. It's not – and I think whatever happens, they're going to get at least next year because I just don't see how – if you've made the playoffs the last two years, no matter how you made the playoffs, but looking down the road, like, it's just hard to see, like – I don't know what you – you know, obviously this season could go south. Hasn't totally went there yet. But, like, where's this future we were looking at, you know, when we were in the Super Bowl three years ago where it's like, we're going to win a couple more of these. Like, that's so far from the realm of possibility right now. That's the discouraging part to me. I I agree. I agree. And that's why I think um, this year has expectation and what I'm looking for has sort of changed. I mean, they're 0-2-1 with this upcoming schedule and their their personnel situation. I mean, I don't know if they can, through the next 13 weeks, win more than four or five games. Like, I, I don't know if they can win more than four or five games over the next 13 weeks. So, so then it becomes who's gotten better throughout the year? What what? How does the team look? Is the team progressing? Do you see areas of improvement? Do you do, do do these guys deserve another year? I'm with you, Mike. I, I I think everybody comes back one more year. But if 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 they, from an internal standpoint, view an issue from the inside where there's a lack of team chemistry, there's a lack of harmony, mm-hmm. uh, players aren't listening to coaches. Has Doug lost the locker room? Like they start they, giving up. If yeah. They, if, if you see. If, a give up, which I yes. haven't seen yet, but you might have seen. But I don't it, know. But it could no, easily I happen. Seen give up yet. I haven't seen anybody give up. No, but it could easily right. happen. Would you agree? Yes. yes. I, and I, that's the sign of a bad team right there. Yes. I, I wanted to ask you, your worst team was 98, your yeah. first year. At what point did you realize, now they were 6-9-1 and one the year before you got there. It was Ray's yeah. last year, Ray Rhodes. What point did you realize it was going to be that bad? First game? <laughs> really? You knew? You... Listen, Seattle put up 38 points so easy on us, they could have scored 50. Like, like they, they, they took guys out of the game. I mean, Warren Moon and Joey Galloway was basically out there playing pitch and catch the entire game, and we couldn't do anything. And it may have taken us – we might have scored one touchdown in the first month of the season. I can't even, that's how bad our offense was. You were 0 5. I remember that. Yeah, we averaged 10 points a game for the entire season. 
Yeah. I think we got shut out five times that year. Yeah, he only scored 161 as a, for the season. Yes. <sighs> yes. That's that 10 a, a game. Man, <laughs> yeah. That's, hey, Kev, hey, Kev that, and Mike, uh, okay, here's what I knew. I, uh, I had forgotten about that. I forgot. It was the Bobby Hoyne year. Yeah, that was my oh introduction my to the NFL. Wow. So, so it gets to like week five or six, somewhere around there, maybe even, maybe four. And we're, we're it's, it's a day after one of these losses or something. And we just split up the team meeting, you know, went from offense to defense. And so now Ray Rhodes comes into the defensive meeting and basically says to the defense, listen. By the way, you can curse if you want to. Yeah, it's a podcast. I'm trying not to. You, yeah, you know what a Ray Rose story. Is. Oh, I've, I've heard. Off. I've heard every curse. Marcus Hayes used to tell him in the in the Phillies uh, press box, and they were awesome. Some of them. <laughs> well, he said, he said, listen, y'all gonna have to play y'all ass off because these mofo's, and you know, he he said yeah. the real thing. Yeah. These mofo's, and he pointed right next door. We're we're only divided by partials, so we didn't even have closed doors so they could possibly hear him over there right they can hear what he's saying he's like these bleepity bleeps over there ain't gonna do nothing so we gotta basically go pitch shutouts every week to even have a chance to win they bleepity bleep stink and i think he disliked dana bible so much like dana bible was the offensive coordinator (laughs) he disliked dana bible so much he didn't care about criticizing him in front of anybody and, and eventually they fired Dana Bible. Midway through the year, right? Yeah, I don't even know if Dana Bible lasted week five or six. And they brought in Bill Musgrave to be the coordinator. So I knew as a young player, because I had never heard a coach talk about the other side of the team like that before. And, and Ray was Ray was raw and uncut as they came. So when he said that, I'm like, I looked at Trotter, and, and we're like, man, we might not win a game this year, man. Well, he had, he had to get over to the OTB. To I was sure just going to say the, the the word was he used to love going to the turf club during the like no, the middle of the he, day. No, For, forget yes. the word. He loved the turf club. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, oh, Gerard used to tell me that all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, I was a young player then, yeah. but but since then I've heard about a lot of the Ray Road stories. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of the Ray Road stories. And the funny yeah. part was Ray got hired in Green Bay that following year, and Andy. That's why Andy ended up in with the Eagles because he yep. ended up replacing Mike Holmgren. Let me get your quick uh, your quick thoughts on two other things. Sixers tonight hire Doc Rivers. I know you love basketball. Yes. And you're glad yes. it's not Mike D'Antoni, isn't it? <laughs> Be <Yes>. honest. <laughs> uh, your thoughts. I'm happy it's not Mike D'Antoni, man. Listen, I don't know what Doc is ultimately going to be able to do with these guys, but just as a fan watching them, um, I, I think Doc is a professional coach. He's been He's coached a lot of great players. We obviously know he won a title. We know how some of his playoffs have ended with 3-1 leads and not being able to close the deal. But I'm, I'm looking more at Doc Rivers being the head coach, less of expecting a championship uh, during his tenure and more of can he get Embiid and Simmons to the next level yeah. as players? 
That that's what I want. And I think But that they, might take them to a championship. That that yeah. might be because when you have two, as we're seeing with the Lakers now, and I'm not suggesting our two guys are as good as those two guys. Sure. But if you can be two elite players, especially in the East, bias, and, yeah, I mean, you can do something special. I, I agree, and I, and I think he comes in with instant credibility. Uh, I think the players will certainly want to buy in, and mm-hmm. the fact that he's a former point guard, uh, I love that that, that he's going to be able to relate with Ben Simmons if he if he's going to choose to play him in that role. But I think. Doc, if he doesn't choose to play him in that role, he'll be able to find a role where Ben Simmons is comfortable and feels confident going to the next step. And so, and listen, if, if they can't if they can't do it on the Doc Rivers, it's time to split them up. Yeah, I agree. And, probably, yeah, he's and, probably right. and finally, before I ask you about your partner. I, I'm just glad that they didn't go after Izzo. That's all. He's just glad they, <laughs> That's right. They left his own alone. Yeah, leave my guy alone. Yes, leave my guy. <laughs> Your guy's <laughs> never leaving. He's like Shashevsky. He's never leaving there. He almost left. He almost left for the Pistons, right? No, the Clevelands, the one time. Yeah, so then he went to Michigan, got <laughs> which caught. Anyway, um, are are you waiting for the Friday news dump coming out of Citizens Bank Park that says? Matt Klintak is getting fired tomorrow at about 4.55. Yes. <laughs> yes. Are you surprised it's lasted this long? Um, I, I was originally, but then I, I had to think back to last year. I mean, Gabe right. Kapler, we waited around 11 days yeah. for them to say something about Gabe Kapler. So um, a lot of us have speculated, yeah, like this, this would be the time to do it. You got, um, you got the NFL coming up this weekend. You know, most people are going to be locked into that until Tuesday. So, and you know, we will certainly here in Philadelphia be locked into what the Eagles do Sunday night sure. and talk about it till Tuesday. So, this would be the time if they were going to do something with him. And that's whether they're going to decide to keep him or go ahead and fire him. Either way, I, I would think this would be the time you would do it. See, to me, the only news is if they keep him. If they fire him, that's not news. I agree. I agree. See, they could have, but if they were going to keep him, they would have ended it by now, I think. I think they would have just decided by now that you would have, you're going to keep him. You, you put a little two-word statement out, and that's it, and let the let the inferno burn and then let it calm down again. So, <laughs> uh, so I, let me ask, you've had a lot of partners. You started with Eskin. Well, you had your own show, then you started with Eskin. Then you went to Barkan. And we all, both of us know Barkan well through our TV stuff. And now, John, what's it been like working different parts of day shifts, working different partners and everything as much as you have over the 12, 13 years since you've been doing this? Yeah, you got thrown into the deep end of the pool, pal. They didn't <laughs> They didn't put no little swimmers on you. No. no they, they threw did. you in and they, said, do it. Yeah, Andy Bloom told me, man, uh, sink or swim, you know, if you want to do it, um, this is how you're going to have to do it. You're just going to have to learn. And uh, while it was, it was uh, obviously a challenge uh, you know, those earlier years, I appreciate doing it because it forced me not to be lazy. It, it forced me to have to put in the work and uh, pay attention and ask questions. And um, I, I was fortunate to be around people that was willing to help me, like people that were willing to give me little tips and, uh, I, it, it wasn't always pleasant, 
uh, to, to get the constructive criticism, but it was something that I needed. And I think being a former athlete helped me absorb it and take it in because as a player, believe me, coaches aren't coddling you, at least not when I was playing. So they gave it to you straight and you just had to get better. So um, I think that helped me out. And I think each partner uh, helped me grow. You know, each partner helped me grow in the business, whether it was directly or indirectly. You know, Howard, obviously working with him, uh, I was able to learn how to hold my own and, and stand my ground and not be afraid to uh, have an opinion and stick to it. And and uh, that was the most important thing I had to learn that, you know, sometimes it's not all that important to be right to do this job. You guys know that. It, it's whether or not you have conviction in your opinion and mm-hmm. what you believe. So, you know, Howard indirectly helped me, you know, become better in that area than Michael B., who I've known since my playing days. You know, I met you guys working with Michael B., doing yeah. shows at Comcast on day. I remember when you were helping out one summer, like helping the camera people at yes. Citizens Bank yes. Park. Remember almost that, like Kev? Yeah, I was man. the in- you yeah. were were you the intern at that point? Yes. yes. Wow. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. like you look around, you go, yep. "What the hell's Ike doing here?" You know. Yep. And I, and I enjoyed that, man. I enjoyed doing that. I had a lot of help doing that. So working with Michael B. and he's been my longest partner. Working right. with Michael B. for five years, uh, that was obviously. Uh, a, a joy to do. And, and in between him and John, I had Chris Carlin. That's for right. A year. I had Chris Carlin for a year. So, you know, John and I, the thing, I think the thing that helped John and I out the most as we didn't have any type of working history with each other, uh, the pandemic, the pandemic helped us out more than anything because, you know, we had to get creative Mm-hmm. And it wasn't always going to be about sports. And so, you know, we had to kind of let our guards down with each other and we had to start learning more about each other. And so I think he and I are just now starting to scratch the surface as to what we can be uh, as, as, a, um, as a show. And so and having Jack Fritz there as our as our uh, producer, your your comic um, foil. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, we're bringing him along, and he has a nice little seasoning to the show. So I, I think over the last six months or so, uh, we we we've started to uh, find our groove, and I look forward to uh, many many years of being able to work with him and do this. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, Ike. Before the year, Kevin and I, I think, both had deals being like a 9-7 kind of team. I think we both picked Dallas to win the division. Um, but how do you see – can they come out of this and actually get to 9-7 and seven or 8-8? Eight and eight? Or is this going to be one of those years like you're 98? Well, throw a, throw a one at the end because of the top. Yeah, you got to throw that one. You got to throw, throw the one, one at the end. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> three, three, twelve, three, twelve, and one. I'm sorry, whatever it comes out to. Um, listen, the fan in me uh, wants to say yes. Um, can, can they get to seven, eight, and one or eight, seven, and one? I think that's probably the ceiling. Uh, eight wins, and that's obviously going to come with a few surprised wins against some teams. But that's going to take – will that be enough? I don't know. That That's going to take Dallas underachieving. 
uh, as they as they've been known to do. And, and here's the other thing, fellas. Here's why you 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 can't. Well, not us, but the players and coaches can't give up on the season right now because of the, the circumstances in which they're playing under. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Like like who knows what it's going to take to win this division, especially after right? this week like, with Tennessee, like, right? Injuries, COVID-19, like you just don't know uh, the amount of injuries over the first three weeks of the season to the caliber of players that it's happened with, you know, and, and including the Eagles. You just don't know what the rest of the season is going to look like. But, like, but like, let's say for the sake of argument, yeah, they went 8-7-1. I'll just yeah. throw in a number at that. And somehow they win the division or they make the playoffs as the last wild card. Yeah. And they lose the first game. Well, people in Philadelphia, like, go, eh. Like, I'm just starting to think that the fans now, because they've won a Super Bowl and they kind of think we should be one of those teams, whether we should or we should, I just don't think that's going to do a whole lot for the fans. I mean, they'll get excited when the games are being played and, you know, it's an important game with the kids, but I just don't think that's going to cut it. Yeah, I think when you look at the big picture, ultimately you're right. I mean, uh, if the ceiling is – wild card and you lose in the first round based on your matchup people aren't going to be happy about that uh to your point yeah if they're able to climb out of this because that would require them to win eight of the next 13 games and that means they're gonna have to beat some quality opponents yeah well i didn't think of it like that (laughs) yeah people people would get excited about that i think i think more importantly mike and, and, and kev what would excite them would be Carson Wentz isn't done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like that, if, if that's the driving force, like that, that would excite them. Cause I think the biggest concern for this city right now isn't that the team isn't, a, isn't a Super Bowl team. It's, I thought this was our franchise quarterback. Yep. Right You're right. You're absolutely and right. Now I don't know. Well, I, the, yeah. the, you know, at a certain point we're playing this scenario out at a certain point you go, when are you in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes? Yeah. Yeah. And then you got a problem. And then you got to. It ain't going to get Kevin. First of all, the Giants are worse than they are, but and there's probably another team. Yeah, they're not getting Washington. Washington is going to be taking Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence. They shouldn't have won Week One then. (laughs) (laughs) They felt that that strongly, but they just took Haskins last year. Which one took Daniel Jones last year, and we're talking about them. And the Jets took Darno two years ago or three years ago, whatever it is. Ike Reese. Yeah. But they got Adam Gaze, so that don't count. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I, I, I'll give you an example. My uh, Arizona took Josh Rosen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then next year they took Kyler Murray. And they got proven right on the yep. second part. Yep. Ike Reese from 94 WIP. And you, know, you, you do the Eagles postgame show on, on Eagle, PhiladelphiaEagles.com. I should also point that out. I so, I uh, yes. And uh, good buddy. And, again, I say my favorite Spartan. Go as, a, as a Notre Dame fan, he's no. my favorite Spartan. So. I think we can win four games this year, man. Hey, no, Notre Dame doesn't want to play Michigan State anymore. What the hell? Yeah, what happened with that rivalry? We used to love that rivalry. We're going to the ACC. It don't matter. So uh, They want to play Wake Forest. <laughs> That's right. That's right, because you know why? Because it's if they go to – It's a geographical thing. Wake Forest is closer than, than, uh, no. than Michigan State. East no. Yeah. no, you know what it is? They're closer to a college football playoff if they go to the ACC, where they only have to be Clemson, and that's it. So that's true. Yes, that's I true. I appreciate it, man. Hope that hope to have you on again as the season winds down here. 
Anytime, fellas. Thanks, yeah, Ike. Hang in there, baby. Ike Reese joining us, and we'll be back on Work on the Beat right after this. Our thanks once again to Ike Reese for joining us as we uh, get you set for a football weekend. And uh, I thought Ike was I thought Ike was realistic about what they are and how how the road is very difficult for them going forward here. Well, yeah, we. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. No, it doesn't. To, I, I, I want to say something about Ike before we move on. Sure. Because I remember when Ike started, and, and I really had my doubts about whether he could do it or not. And they, they did throw him into what I thought was bad situation. You know, it was like, here, Ike, go do it. You, you know, instead of put – but he has really made, made something Absolutely. Of it. So mm-hmm. I give him a lot of credit for that because – like I said, if, if you would ask me to bet on him, yay or nay, when he first started, I might have went nay. Um, and he, so he's pro- he's proven me wrong. It's um, and there's a lot to be said for that. Not that it's easy to prove, not that it's hard to prove me wrong, but I, just that he's made. Yeah, he, he is, and he is one of those athletes. He's not an ex-athlete like doing radio, he's, right? He's one of those athletes, yeah. one that's well-rounded. He he is yeah. really good on every sport. Um, and he's also just a good dude. There's no oh, airs yeah. to him. And he, nope. And, and, you know, again, I, I mentioned this on the interview. He, he was lugging camera equipment for Comcast as an intern, yeah. you know, and he was a year short of making the Pro Bowl. So, I mean, you yeah. know, it, it, it's a, it, he's a good, good guy, and I appreciate him joining us and, and taking time out from his fantasy football, uh, I'm sure watching does, the, like, does like get his name sometime on the Eagle Board of Honor or whatever the hell they call that. I, I don't know. Uh, that, you know, that's a good question. I don't know how I mean, they he, pick it. I mean, he probably he was a won. great special teams player. A great, great special, special teams player. Um, and he probably won't, I guess, because it's hard for a guy like that to. Right. But you know, you could consider him. I mean, you know, you could sure. If, if Mike Lieberthal's on the Phillies, you know, I could be on the Eagles. Juan Samuel's on the Phillies, and I love Sammy, but um yeah. all right. Let's get in. You have your picks ready or um yeah, you might have to help me with the pro thing. I got three college picks actually that I like. Okay. I actually have only one, so uh here yeah, we go. I, I yeah. Here's our I hate the pro card. I the pro card's not great. And now especially with the Steelers Titans taken out. All right, here's the theme. Just point me where you are. So last week I went four and two. So for the season I'm ten and six. Why? Why are you keeping numbers? Because I, uh, it's fun. I didn't keep okay. yours. No, I, I don't mean it that way. I I, I just mean it's like I just had a good week me. last week. I'm bragging now. You know. Yeah, I, I like. I just I've I've never I, like I don't like whatever I did last week. I did. Well, you used to do that with the paper. I mean, they used to keep track, right? Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't a fan of keeping track of it, but that <laughs> and I won. I won it three or four times. But I mean, did you used to get something for winning it? We used to get. Um, I could take my wife to dinner. Okay. Which I thought was fine. That that's perfectly fine. Yeah. One time, the first year, I won it, and I I didn't know. And Mark Cram t- said, "Take your wife to this place." It was one. Of, it was a fish place. Down at like 15th and Samson or Ch- I don't know. 
And I remember the, all the fish were like $40, $45. Yeah, this was like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the tab was like a buck fifty, you know. But we had a great time. Actually, so, before we get into the picks, I got to tell you a story. So I came in. I was cooking steaks on the grill tonight because we have Joey, my stepson's back home uh, for tonight. For tonight, and uh, my my stepdaughter was home, so I'll you know put steaks on the grill. Come in, answer an email, and they just went totally charred. <laughs> like I just totally screwed them up. Yeah, <laughs> so we happens, ended man. so we ended up getting Tonys instead. <laughs> Wait a minute. You threw steaks on the grill, and they were so bad you couldn't eat them? Yeah. And you drove all the way to Tony's for pizza? Yes. And you didn't call me to ask if I would like one? <laughs> I mean, really, do you ever think these things out? No, I don't. I, 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 uh, clearly, before, I don't. Before we do our picks, yes. I think we should talk about Doc Rivers. Well, I was going to get the Doc after our picks. Do Doc first. Cause, okay. Because I tend to lose my mind sometimes with the picks. Um. What's your take on it? It's the best choice available. Um, you know, you can make the argument Billy Donovan would have been the best choice if he was still there, but he wasn't. Um, I think what more, not that, not anything against Mike D'Antoni just wasn't going to fit. And Tyron Lue, I, I think they he's going to get the clip. He's going to get the Clippers. He's going to get the Clippers shop. I think Tyron Lue, they need it more of an adult. And I think that's what Doc gives them. Doc gives them for the for the two big guys in, in Simmons and Embiid. He gives them an adult who has a little, who has a ring, who has a little weight in the game, who is serious and, and just fa- and just failed in L.A. He did I'm fail saying. in L.A., but yeah. but that's also a different type of player at that point than no, no. than what the uh, than when what the Sixers have right now. I totally agree with you, but he just failed in. Oh, LA. he did, and, and I I'm think. Not- I think it's also that was year seven, and I think it was just the end for that run. Right. Like, well, look how Doc kept them together through the whole Sterling thing. I mean, yeah, I know. He, he, he's an adult presence in that organization, and they kind of needed that. Well, here's here's my take on it. I think I, I, I'm not knocking Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni's been a successful coach, but not. I don't think you bring him into this situation. That's just because I don't think the pieces are there right. for this situation. I think Doc brings immediate respect, not just in the Sixers, but the, throughout the league. He is respected yeah. as much as anybody for being a, you know, a black man who's not afraid to speak out when issues mm-hmm. come up. And, yep. But eventually, this to me now, all the onus to me this is on, on Embiid and Simmons. Yeah, it's on the two. Those two. Now, another thing is, when he had Tobias in L.A., Tobias was Tobias really good. Pretty well for him, whether that factors into it or not. I also heard a thing today, and I don't know if this was just speculation, whatever, that maybe the Sixers might try to get Paul Drew, um, CP3 somehow. It's possible. Somewhere. So I don't know what's going to happen along those, but if you're Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. okay, and you're Joel Embiid, and this guy walks in and you won't change for him, then get rid of them. Yeah. Like, like because then they're telling you that basically not, you know. It's not and working. Hoping, and, that, and that's I'm the hoping, next step. They're going to have one year to prove they can play together. And then. Well, they might get two. I, I mean. Oh, I, you know, I don't think that's a given that they get two at all. No, but what I'm saying, Kevin, is if next year if they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. Or they lost a game seven again to a really good team. Like, like as long as you, you're, 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 you're going to take steps forward from this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
Um, and as long as they can show that Joel's in better shape, um, Ben is willing to take the 10-foot shot right. every now and then. You know, I don't care if he ever takes a three-pointer. Forget that. Uh, Tobias shows you that maybe he can be that third guy, mm-hmm. a legitimate third guy. I'll tell you one thing that you're going to see next year. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind about this. They will have a second ball handler on that team. They, yeah, they, and I think the one thing you're going to also see is they're going to probably move on from Horford, even though, you know. Well, I don't know if you can. Well, I, I could just see a salary dump at this point. But Which, I think Horford, even in Horford's case, if he's here, would be willing to listen to a doc. But Rivers. they also, they, they need an outside shooter. And sure they do. So I think that's what's going to happen. Look, you don't know, you know, they, again, he's an adult. He's a he's a proven coach. Did it fall apart this year, and does it make you sh- go eh, a little bit? Yeah, I mean you you'd have to be human and say that. But I mean, I in my mind, I don't see the downside with taking a Everybody shot. Everybody's talking Rivers. about a lot of people are talking about how this is not a good job. I've heard national guys. Well, it's, it they, they are doctors. hamstrung. Yeah, but Doc should have sat out a year and, and did TV. And now what I think now I'm looking at it the other way. You have two really good talents on this team. Right. Now maybe they're dysfunctional. May, I, I don't know this. We're going to find out. But I almost think too, another part of it is if you don't if you have Horford next year, maybe this coach can make it work. Well you know, and, and this make, is and this is the one question I think that'll have to get answered between now and then. What did they t- what did they promise him? Did they promise him part of, of personnel control? Oh, I think he's going to be. Um, uh, well, they they, they hasn't been listed as that yet. Yeah, I know, but you know how that works. I the, mean, uh, but he's going to have a heavy say, and then the next steps are what happens with what happens with the rest of your organization. I mean, Eldon Brand's going to obviously be the guy, and him and Eldon apparently on Wednesday night when they sat and watched the NBA Finals hit it off. But well, I think the owners have to stay out of it. I think they've. This is, I mean, you've told me enough times how, how those guys don't know what they're doing. Okay, you have this guy now. Well, and Doc has enough gravitas to say, sit the hell down and go back. I think they got to recognize that mm-hmm. and just say, we brought in Doc Rivers. We didn't bring in Joe Blow from Kokomo. Um, not that Brett Brown was – I don't mean that. I mean, Brett No, but he has a ring. I mean, he has – Yeah, the ring was a long but, – but he's – He's one of the most respected figures in that league. Yeah. If you listen to him from top to bottom, he's right at the top mm-hmm. somewhere. So you have to stand aside now and say, okay, Doc, it's your show. You and Elton are running this puppy. Um, Figure it out. Show me what you can do. And I think a reasonable thing next year is to expect them to win, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, look, you got to expect them to win 50-some games. I mean, that's, you know. Yeah, um, that's the minimum. I don't know what Milwaukee's going to look like. I don't know what Boston's going to look like, what Miami's going to look like. But I think there's a reasonable expectation that within a year or two, this team can contend for the, for the Eastern title. I think that's fair. All right, yeah. since we're on this, we might as well go to the other topic. Are you surprised that Matt Klintak is, is still – Oh, it's the Phillies. What? It took 11 days last year to not bring Gabe back. Why? Did, you've been saying this for five days now. Okay, you said, why? Why would you think the Phillies would come out Monday and make a decision? Middleton, I think Bob Brookover wrote a story this week. I think it was Bob or somebody I was listening to. 
just said that John Middleton is very deliberate. Yeah, he is. In what he does. You know that because you were down there. So this doesn't surprise me in the least. My problem with this, as I told you last year with Gabe was, when you were saying, well, let's see how they do the last week. No, 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 no. no. Uh, this was, a, this was a slam up. dunk. This was you it. should have made your your mind can't be made up. Like if the Phillies had won a, an extra game, you know, if they beaten the Marlins one time and made the playoffs, that tells you what about Clentac? There's that only tells you that the bullpen wasn't sucky. Um, you know, you know the minor leagues don't suck. I mean, let's be realistic. There, there's only one thing that concerns me, and that is with the amount of money they're having to that they've lost. And, and Ruben Amaro was on the morning show yesterday and, and on IP and said he doesn't think that money will play into this. That, you know, they'll pay the $6 million to send Clintac packing if John Middleton wants to send them back. And McPhail? What, what's McPhail owed? That I don't know, but his contract's only one more year. Okay. Um, you know, I don't think you worry about Clintac or McPhail right now. You need to make a decision on Clintac. You can keep Middleton around as a just kind of run out the clock on that one. Um, but you have to make a decision on contact. Kevin, the decision what is, should what be is easy. crazy money? What is stupid, stupid money? money? Stupid money. If you can't afford $6 million to write your baseball team. Now, if you don't think Matt Clentac is the, re- it deserves to be fired. Fine. Bring him back. You know, he already went against him last year with the manager. Cause he wanted to bring Gabe back. Mm-hmm. Um, and Girardi didn't like make a difference this year. I'm not blaming Girardi. I'm just saying is Girardi's presence did not make a difference no. in that team getting to the playoffs or, not, right. or not winning. And so, But I'm just saying is if you're John Middleton and you talked about stupid money, then $6 million should not deter you from that. Now, the question is who are you bringing in and is that person going to make a difference? I don't have the faintest clue as to that. Um, you know, I don't know, but there's got to be some smart people out there in the world of baseball, that this is a process, man. You don't build back a minor leagues in a year or two. Well, you know that. Yeah, and I think what's going to be disturbing, and it's going to be strange if the decision comes down on Friday, there's a very good chance that the Marlins advance tomorrow with Sixto Sanchez on the mound to the NLDS. They're going to, I think right now they're probably the clear favorite. I haven't seen the, the money Vegas is asking right or has as the line right now. But you're talking Braves and Marlins here coming up, perhaps in the NLDS, and that is going to burn. I know how competitive John uh, John Middleton is. But that shouldn't have anything to do with No, this. but it, but I think it, it's a sign but of how it, far you're behind. You're not, as good, you're not as good as the Braves. Um, you know, the Marlins probably were the beneficiaries of a Of the short schedule, season. right. And that's fine. And I'm not saying that Matt. But you could also look at their you could also look at their talent now and say, hey, look, their talent's pretty good with Sanchez and well, a couple of their starters. The Let, let's yeah. see. Let, let's see what the Marlins do next year. And look, that bridge has been crossed. You you can't go back and uncross that bridge. It is, you know, I'd worry about signing the catcher. I don't worry about six though. If six does win the Cy Young next year, he's winning the Cy Young. That's life. Uh you know, you, we can't keep replaying that over and over and over. It's you know, this is what it is. This is what you have. Um, if they sign the catcher, hey, and if Cisco goes out and wins 15 games next year, then it was a fair trade. Yeah. Both teams benefited. That's how trades should be. All right. So so we touched on the Sixers and we touched on the Phillies. Now, let's get to our pick segment. 
So, Michael, you say you have a few college picks you enjoy right off the bat here. Yeah. Um, and like I said, this was not a huge amount of study, but whatever. I, I'll give you the first one. I like uh, Auburn getting six and a half or seven. I think it's six and a half at Georgia. It's an SEC game. You know, uh, Georgia has a little bit of a weird situation here. They're playing like 25 quarterbacks. Yep. Uh, they're obviously good. They're at home. But I'm going to take all, because I think it's a pretty, you know, it's a fairly even game. Um, We saw some upsets in the SEC last week. Um, I'm going to take Auburn and hope that, um, I'm not saying that they're going to win outright, although I guess that wouldn't be the biggest upset of the week. But I'm going to take uh, the the Tigers. I actually that was one of my picks. That was one of my two college picks. I enjoy. Well, Christ, bet Georgia then. Everybody, yeah, everybody bet Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> so I, I like Auburn as well to cover this six and a half. I, I think Georgia wins. It's a field goal game. I didn't realize that's the longest ri- longest rivalry in the SEC. The oldest rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. So that is uh that's game one. Go ahead, Mike. Um, I like. This game, I think they might have the wrong favorite. Could be wrong. Baylor is at West Virginia giving two and a half. West Virginia's not bad. Baylor's got the new coach, you know, Matt's at Carolina. I'm going to take West Virginia getting the two and a half. And I would also say, if you, if you really feel that strongly about it, bet the money line. Mm-hmm. Because two and a half ain't really that much. But um, I think West Virginia's going to win that game. I'm actually going to go to the uh, to the American. The Power Six. Power six. Power six. I'm going to take SMU at home and get two and a half from Memphis. I was leaning that. Uh, well, th- that that's what's the over under on that game, Kevin? I I will look that up in a second here. Last year, last year they combined for a hundred, almost. Uh, it is seventy some, seventy four and a half. Yeah, I I I don't like to touch that, but yeah. I, that's going to be a really high-scoring game, um, probably. Well, and, and the other thing, Memphis has only played one game to this point. I, I know. And, and SMU, SMU has played three. three. Right? Yeah. And, and I wonder, like, we talk about a lot of the rust. I don't think Memphis has played for three weeks, correct, Mike? Uh, it's something like, yeah. I, I think maybe if two. Everything was, if everything was equal, it was a six-point game list. I think Memphis won 54-48 yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, in a perfect world, I think Memphis might be a little bit better but in this situation, I think you're. I think you may be on to something. I think I, I would. I would go the same way you're going. If I, if you put a gun to my head, I don't like the game, but I would probably take the ponies at home. I, it's just one of those things that I, that I don't. I don't know why. Like I, that game just appeals to me, and so I'll take. I'll take the ponies. Three and O ponies going four and O. I like them outright. How about that? How about that? Uh, and the other one I like is. The Texas A&M's getting 17 and a half at the Bamas. I think Texas A&M, Texas A&M didn't play great. Um, I think they're a pretty good football team. Bama, look, I, I never like betting against Nick I think Nick Saban's going to win the game. 17 and a half seems like a lot. Um, and Bama doesn't seem like the type of team that's going to be able to throw 40, you know, take a, 
a, a sledgehammer to teams right now. Well, oh. I, look, Bama's going to be in the playoffs, I guess. If you, yeah, I mean, if you're asking me which of the four teams, you know, Clemson and Bama would be the first two I would pick, obviously. But I just think A&M, I think A&M's better than they showed. And, and again, they're supposed to be pretty good. That being said, Bama could crush them because Bama's capable of crushing just about anybody. But I'm going to take the 17 and a half with the A&M's. By the way, the over-under on that game is 52 and a half. Take the under. See, see now that's weird. If the over-under is 52 and a half and you're getting 17 with A&M, what are they telling you? That Bama's going to win 35 to 10 or something? Yeah, I I, 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 it's very weird to see it at that point. It, it, I don't, that, yeah, look, I think even Vegas is just trying to figure this out. Yeah, college football right now is so fluid with everything at this point. I don't, it's going to be like this the whole year. I, I don't think you're ever going to have a feel, maybe when it gets to late October, November, you might have some kind of a feel, but it, I, I just think it's like it's almost like you're throwing darts at a board. Speaking you know, of like Temple's, Temple's going to play next week, right there yeah, the against Navy. Having not played all year, mm-hmm. I think Navy then they go to the option. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, but but you're asking Temple to do that. I, I mean, I don't know. It just seems, um, but that's the way it is. There's not, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. By the way, speaking of throwing darts at a board, the as we're recording this, the Jets Broncos game is on. And the quarterback matchup is Brett Ripien against Joe Flacco. Sam Darnold has been knocked out of the game with a what appears to be a collarbone injury. Yeah, well, so they're going. The, 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 congratulations to the Jets for winning the uh, for winning the uh, the Trevor Lawrence. Won, they haven't stakes. won it yet. The um, both coaches, by the way, I've learned from sources, are getting fired after the game. It doesn't matter who wins; they're both getting fired. Really? They stink. Adam Gaze. Oh, no, no, no. Been, but but Denver's coach is getting fired? Kevin, I'm joking. Oh, okay. He, he, Adam Gaze. He stinks, and Gaze is worse. There's been, a, so, there's been a legitimate rumor that Gaze is getting fired after the game. That's why I'm asking. Well, there was also a rumor that if the Broncos lose to the Jets tonight, that he might get fired. Yeah, fix, see how, yeah. So I was just saying, no matter who wins, just fire them both. Yeah. Adam Gaze. <laughs> Adam Gaze. The Jets hired Adam, Adam Gaze. Gaze. The quarterback. Remember when, remember when Adam Gaze almost got hired by the Eagles? Man, and you thought Todd Bowles was bad. Oh. They followed up Todd Bowles with Adam Gaze, who totally ruined Sam Darnold. Now, I mean, you know, he's, he, I forget the injury, but, you know, it, it's some franchises just can't. Get out of their own way. By the way, my boy, my favorite wide receiver just got a touchdown pass. Who's that? Jerry Judy. I love okay. Jerry Judy. All there right. There you go. Here we go. Let's go to the National Football League. All right, Mike. You're, you're going to have to run down some games because I'm telling you, I, I took two looks at it. <laughs> you didn't like anything, did you? That I like. So just go through every game, all and right. I'll tell you if I like a side. Okay. I'm not doing any teasers this week. No teasers this week. Wait a minute. Well, there are are teasers out there. You know, all the games that are like seven-point games, you can figure them out. But go ahead. I think think there's a teaser in there for you. All right. Just go down the list. My first game. I'm going to take the Bears to go 4-0. They're at home. They're at home with our boy, Nick Foles, at quarterback, playing against Frank Reich. 
and the Indianapolis Colts. Indy is a home or is a road favorite at two and a half. Mm-hmm. I'll take the Bears. I'll take the two and a half. See, if, if you put a gun to my head, I would probably take the Colts because you're only making that bet for one reason. Nick Foles. And that's fine. I'm, I'm not knocking well, Nick Foles. He came no, I, there's another reason. I, I think the Bears defense actually in the, has played better. Uh, I worry about Phillip Rivers going outside. Right yeah, now, man, you, you could be. But the Bears have beaten three not good teams. No, you're right. They were lucky to win last week, and the Bears look. They might go to four and zero, and Nick Foles will be the story of the of it. But you know, oh, I, I'm all for the chaos. Time when Nick Foles will revert to being Nick, Nick Foles. Foles, yeah. And somebody went down. I think it was Anthony this week was going down like the Bears schedule. They could get the, the ten year. wins. They, they're not going to get the ten wins. They're, they're they could get be, the ten wins. Obviously, they could get the thirteen wins. I mean. But the schedule, they got they when they was reading their schedule, I'm like, man, they got a tough schedule. So I don't think Nick Foles is going to do in Chicago what he did. He's only done it one place and one place only, and that was here. So I'll I'll just stand by and watch. Yeah, the, I wouldn't play that game. The the magic carpet ride for them ends the following week when Brady ends up in town on a Thursday you check night. Check out their schedule. I'm looking you at it right now and see how many gimmies that they have. They don't have a lot of where you just okay. Go, oh yeah, all right. I, I think the Panthers is a gimme. Uh, I mean, I think, Matt Rule's done a pretty good job. I think the Vi- I, I think the Vikings is a gimme. Right, you're making them gimmies. What I'm trying well, to yeah. explain is their division games. They got. I think they got the Lions again. They got the um, Texans at home. Yeah, I mean in December, there's games, there's games they can win. I'm not saying that they, they got they the can. Jaguars. Yeah. I think if they get to ten wins this year, that they're that they're doing a hell of a job. Oh, I I agree, but they're getting the they're getting the four wins after they beat the Colts this week. So that's me. Okay. Okay. All right. Second game. I'm going. I'm going back to the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow is going to get off the Schneid this week. Cincinnati is a three point home favorite against Jacksonville. I think you saw the real Jaguars last week on that Thursday night game when they got swamped. I just love this spot for Joe Burrow to pick up his first win. I don't think that's a bad team. I don't think they're as bad as everybody thinks they are. I think Burrow rips apart the Jacksonville secondary. Give me the Bengals later three. Yeah, I I have no problem with that. Other than Jacksonville's had an extra three days to get ready, but, you know. I mean, Jacksonville played well the, the first week and hasn't really played well since. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, Joe Burrow's probably, yeah, he probably will get his first win this week. Uh, my third NFL game. This is the uh, Sunday 425 game in Las Vegas. I'll take, I'll take the Raiders, a home dog, getting three against the Bills. Bills survived last week. I didn't think that Buffalo played all that well in the second half. Raiders coming off a tough trip to new england well, they, they were winning big right and then they gave up a big lead. yeah they gave up the lead and, and they won on and a they won off kind of phantom pass interference call yeah. i think buffalo is the type of team that to be honest you're gonna ride them week to week and they're gonna you may get a different team every week i just wonder if the raiders i think the raiders are better than they looked last week raiders going home i'll take i'll take las vegas and i'll Get the three from Buffalo. So that's my okay. three NFL picks. Run down the other games. Okay. Just, the, go, just go down the games. All right. The other games. Well, actually, there's one more pick. 
I'll take the Niners. I'll lay the seven against the Eagles. I think the Eagles are a train wreck right now. Traveling cross country, Sunday night game. Only one healthy wide receiver. Questions so about okay, Carson you're Wentz. Okay, if Garoppolo doesn't play. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Because I think the well. Eagles are going to have to avoid the turnover, and I don't see that happening. So I think I, San Fran wins by about two touchdowns. Nobody's, nobody's all the money's going on San Francisco. Okay, the lines went up like a whole lot. Went from four to seven. Right, and it'll go. It'll probably go higher, but. I just they're, they're two banged up football teams, and they are. If San Francisco could come out and beat them by twenty, Ju- um, yeah, George Kittle being back helps. I understand that, but I'm just saying it's still two massively banged up football teams. Yep. And at some point, I think the Eagles are going to play a game. I I don't like. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I'm just it's, it's laying a touchdown. I don't know. It's like everybody's jumping. I mean, the Niners beat a horrible team last week. Um, yeah, I, I would just stay away from it. But yeah, that's fine. We're, they run down the. Other um, I'm looking at it because I just accidentally clicked off it. Um, all right, so the Eagles are a seven point underdog. I gave you the Bears. Colts. Bears are two and a half point home dogs. Let's go down the games we haven't talked about. Uh, Browns are four and a half point underdogs at Dallas. I don't like. I mean. I'm not a big fan of the Cowboys, and I'm not a big fan of the Browns. I mean, boy, the Cow- I mean the Cowboys could be zero and three right now. They should be zero and three right now. Um, yeah, but they also I, played I, a real tough early portion of the schedule here too. I, and I don't know what to think of the Browns. You know, every every time I think I got the Browns figured out, I don't have the Browns figured out. So go ahead, next uh, game. All right, Saints are four point favorites in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, my head would tell me to take the Saints because mm-hmm. I don't think Detroit's much, but Detroit's at home. Breeze hasn't played, you know, like Breeze. I don't know if Michael Thomas is going to play. I'd stay. I'd, I, 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 I couldn't play the Lions, but I don't know if I could play the Saints. they got to show me something, I think, before I can do that. Here's a danger game. Seattle is flying cross-country for the second time in four weeks, playing a 1 o'clock game at Miami. They are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Well, I always think Miami gives you a good effort. I do, too. I, I like the coach. I would probably play Miami in that game. In fact, you know, if you, I, I agree. And I think I really like Seattle. I think Seattle's a good team. I like their quarterback, obviously. But I think I, would, I, I might take Miami with getting the six and a half. Right. And Miami, remember, had a long week last week because they played Jacksonville on the Thursday yeah. night. So they, they, usually just, they usually show up, which yeah, I can't I agree. say about every team. Chargers travel to Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers are seven-point favorites, a one o'clock Sunday game. I couldn't play the Chargers, but the Chargers play an awful lot of really three-point games. games that they figure out a way to lose. Now, there's like a game I could tease at, you know, tease at because I don't think Tampa's going to lose the game. Okay. I got to find another team to tease them with. Okay. Ravens are in Washington they are 14-point favorites over the football team. I, I I ain't laying 14. I don't care. I, and I think Washington's not good. If, if they put a gun to my head, I'd probably play the Ravens. But laying 14 in the NFL can make you broke real fast. Yeah, I agree. Now, if you want to tease them. No. You, okay. I don't tease games down to, to – to, the, te- the whole tease principle to me is either you think you have a live underdog right. that you tease up. Or a home team that you're not sure is going to cover, but you're pretty sure. Like, like, for instance, this week, if you want to play Tampa and San Francisco, I'm not as in love with San Francisco, but 
I don't. It's hard to see the Eagles winning that game. Right. But you know the Eagles are going to beat somebody, whether it's San Francisco, whether it's yeah, they're going to beat somebody that you don't think they can beat because that's just the way this thing goes. They're not going to. They're probably not going to go three wins. You know. Right. So anyway, Carolina's hosting Arizona. The Cardinals are three and a half point favorites. Yeah, that line's going up. See, when that line was two and a half, as much as I love Matt Rule and I do. I just think the Card- Cardinals lost at home. Bounce week back week. Yeah. Well, I just think the Cardinals are the better team. I do now, too. Are they better by more than a field goal? You know, going across country. I, you know, I, I and I like I said, I hate betting against Matt Rule, but I think again, if you put, I, I, it scares me a little that the lines over a field goal, but I think I would lean towards the Cardinals. Remember a couple weeks ago we talked about the Vikings and the Colts, and we said, "Wow, one of these teams is going to be zero and two, right?" Vikings right. and the Texans this week. One of these teams is going to be 0-4. Houston's a four-point yeah. favorite. Yeah, I think. In again, Houston. Ne- neither team does any. Ne- I-, I would probably take the points just for the hell of it. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. What, what am I to make of, of the, the Texans traded away their best wide receiver and signed their quarterback? And the, wide re- and the Vikings traded away their best wide receiver, too, with Stephon yeah. Diggs. Yeah, I mean, they, they, that's, you know, the Vikings are probably going to finish like 5-11 and 11 this year. I guess. Uh, and, I, and the Texans are probably going to have a likewise kind of year. Steelers-Titans is postponed, obviously, because of COVID. Right. That's a shame. That would have been a good game. That would have been a good game. Two three and O's. Uh, that takes a major game off the early slate. Giants and Rams. Uh, oh, New York New York goes to Los Angeles. Rams are a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. Again, I, you, you can get broke real fast laying 12-and-a-half, but mm-hmm. how the hell could you play the Giants? You can't. You can't. You can't. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I hate laying that many points. But, my God, and the Rams lost a tough game last week. I, I mean, the Giants scored six points against the 49ers at home. Yeah. Uh, no. It's, Chiefs are back at Arrowhead, and uh, they will play the Patriots in the 425 CBS game. Kansas, C- point, right? Kansas City is a seven-point favorite. Kansas City's going to be favored, I think they said, in every game. Probably you know, by probably by four or five at least, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, that's a really tough one for me. I mean. Um, that's a tease possibility. I just don't know if New England. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's exactly a tease possibility. You, you, you could tease. Yeah, I would tease the Chiefs down because I could see New England. Hanging around. Like, But I my my other thing would be, can they score with Kansas City? Now, Bill Belichick comes up with these, you know, game plans where, but I mean, you got to figure Mahomes is going to put at least like 20 to 20. I mean, I say this and they'll wind up scoring 10, but um, yeah, I would tease that. I, I would tease that down with what, what was that other game that we had that was like a seven? Uh, Not the Eagles. It was another one. Tampa Bay. Tampa. I'd go, yeah, I'd go Tampa, KC. By the way, KC. those two teams will meet later in the year, Tampa and KC. Right, that's one of the games I'm actually really looking forward to here the rest of the way. Uh, gave you Bills and Raiders. Raiders are a three point home dog against the Bills. Monday night game, the Wobegon Falcons head to Lambeau, uh, where the Packers are seven and a half point favorites. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can tease that game too. Yeah, I mean that's but but the Falcons again are one of those teams that can if Matt Ryan has a big night. You know, they can put points on the board with the pack. Um, you know, I'm not saying that the pack's going to necessarily cover the seven. I mean, the Falcons, I, who knows where the Falcons' head is right now? You know, they, I mean, they've had so many bad losses. 
historic losses. You know, no team has given up two 15-point deficits in the same season. They've done it in the same three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't see Green Bay losing the game. So play a three-team teaser. I don't know. But, it, but you know, the Falcons are one of those teams is you know, they once or twice a year they'll bite you. Yeah. They'll, they'll just come up with you, know, and nobody's giving them any. I'm surprised the line's only seven and a half, to be honest with you. I would think it might be like nine or ten. But. Well, I, I think part of it is. I think part of it is that the Falcons actually are one of those teams that's pretty dangerous because of the fact that they play close what's games. The over, what's the over-under on that game? Uh, let me go back to it here. It's, uh, it's probably about 50, right? I was actually looking at the over-under. It's 53 on Patriots and Chiefs, by the way. So, uh, the over-under on Patriots, Chiefs is 53? Yeah. What do you think over-under on? I might, take the, I might take the under on that one. What do you think the over-under is on Packers and the, uh, uh, Falcons? I'm guessing it's got to be around 50. 56 and a half. Wow. Um, man, they're begging you to bet the under, I guess. Yeah, um, they are. I don't know. I think I – I don't know. That seems a little high. Um, But they, they could put points on the board. But in, in the KC – 53 in the KC-New England game, I, I would go under. Because I could see Belichick coming up with a pretty good whatever. Um. And it also is just one of them things, and you hate saying it this way, but after the way New uh, Kansas City just yeah. pummeled Baltimore the other night, it's almost like yeah, it feels like a little everybody's over. Everybody's got them going sixteen and zero, and you know, and all. The, and, and, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, I, I like look, they're the best team in football when they're right because they got the best player in football, and they've surrounded him with something we wouldn't know about: Why weapons, speed. They go out with the 32nd pick in the first round, the last pick. Edward Tolaire. Some kid who's good, who might be rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and I know Andy took some flack for taking some criminal types, whatever, you know, guys who had rep bit. But, I mean, look at who Mahomes is throwing to. Yeah. I mean, my God. If you put Wentz on that team, I'd like to see what he would look like. Pretty good, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so they're, they're just such, I mean, somebody's going to have to beat them. And the fact that they've beaten Baltimore means that, that they'll probably have the number one seed and somebody's probably going to have to go to KC and look, New England did two years ago. Yeah. New England went out there and beat them. And I'm not one of these guys the same Holmes is going to win four or five Super Bowls. You know, let them win two first. But, but I will say like, I can't see Lamar Jackson going to Kansas city and winning. I just can't. No, but, but things change. Things evolve. The problem with Lamar Jackson, as is the problem with a lot of quarterbacks like him, mm-hmm. he's obviously multi- – he wouldn't be the MVP last year if he didn't have tons of talent. But when Baltimore falls behind, they, they have problems. They can't, yeah. Because that's not how they're built. And that's fine as long as you're playing from in front. You know, Mahomes has shown you three times in the playoffs last year – they can be down by double digits and, and it come back in a, in a heartbeat. Um, so you know somebody's probably now. Look, Mahomes could break his leg three weeks from now, or, or three of his receivers could go down. Things change, but uh, Andy's just looks like he's built something there that, um, you know, barring something stupid, for the next couple of years at least, is they're, they're you know they're going to be. But I'm not. Green Bay's playing really well. Right. Seattle's playing. Look. Remember last year, New England was 8-0 last year. This is how quickly people forget. 
New England was 8-0 coming off a Super Bowl win, and everybody was gaga over it, and they went 4-4 four and four the rest of the way. And, and lost in the first, first round. At home. Right. So none of these things are etched in stone, but, man, I mean, Patrick Mahomes just – you got him with the 10th pick in the draft, and I think they moved up to get him, if I'm not mistaken, I think. Yeah, because because well, Chicago I mean, and um, Chicago didn't. Was that the Trubisky That year was the Trubisky or, draft. Uh, was Darnell that draft, too? Boy, I, I no, no, no. Barkley and Darno were a different year. Okay. Trubisky was a different year. But, I mean, and, and then you get the guy and you sit him for the first year. He doesn't play except for the last game, and everybody's still wondering if you did the right thing or not. And then he throws fifty touchdown passes the next year. I mean, and you're he- and you're right. You were right. You're right about when yeah. You know, it's you can look at the league and you can look at September and take it. And usually, like it, it gives you a false reading, if you will. Sometimes, sometimes. But yeah. the gap right now between what Kansas City is and the second best team in the AFC, which would be Baltimore, looks pretty significant. Well, it's one game though, and I know that they have Baltimore's had trouble with Kansas City. I know that. But it's still, you know, if Baltimore played him and got ahead by 10, who knows? I mean, I, do I think Kansas City's the better team? Yeah, but I think Baltimore's pretty good too. They're just built differently. Whereas in, the, um, whereas in the NFC, you could take three or four teams and kind of put them in the same breath. Well, with, with, I, no, I think Green, Green Bay and Seattle right now I think are one and two. Ahead of L.A.? Yeah, I think so. I, 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 but I think L.A. and um, uh, maybe Tampa. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm trying to think if I'm leaving somebody out. Um, I don't think Chicago's 3-0 and is, you know, that doesn't do much for me. And maybe I'm just not. And San Francisco's all banged up right now, so you can't. And you don't know about New Orleans. Anything. But, I mean, I, no, New Orleans isn't playing well right, right. now. And the quarterback isn't. So, so, no, you can't put New Orleans in that. Um, and then I think in the AFC, I think. The Steelers look like they could be the third. But, I mean, Tennessee's 3-0. They've won three close games. But, yeah, you don't get penalized for winning close games. Everybody wants to say, well, you only won that game. But, no, I think that's the mark of a good team that you win close games. And then down the road, it actually proves to be better for you when you win those games. Um, the, I think the Bills are pretty good. I don't think they're ready to be in that company yet. But I think they're, they're a good football team. And New England – you know, Belichick, his team isn't playing badly. I mean, no. you know, I don't know how good they can be. Can they win the division? Can they get to 10 or 11 well, and wins? Bu- and I, Buffalo's 3-0, and too. And... I know. But I think the Patriots right now look like they could be a playoff team. Yeah, I agree. You know, which is, uh, do you want to face Bill Belichick in the playoffs? I mean, no. where he has nothing to lose? No. Yeah, I don't. But um, KC is just, and, and they're so much fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. If a Kansas City game is on, you're flipping it on right now. Yeah, and it's like, but I mean, I feel the same way a little bit about Green Bay and Seattle because of the quarterbacks. And, and even with Baltimore, I love watching Jackson play. He just plays a different game. Um, When you have a team where the quarterback's exciting, you're an exciting football team. That's, right. that's just the way it, it works anymore. That doesn't mean you're a better team. The, the team, and look, the Buffalo quarterback, he's playing as good as anybody right now. Yep. You know, um, where did he get drafted? Wait, he was like a, the eighth pick or something? You know, he was in that draft, too. 
with, with, with Darno and all that. He was Darno so and Rosen. Darno Darno went third after the Giants took Barkley. Um, yeah, and and Mayfield went first. Yeah, and which of a call went eighth to Buffalo. And who would you take right now out of those three? <sighs> I would take Josh Allen. You, you had to think about that. Well, <laughs> no. Well, no, no. no I, th- I think Darno is hindered by who he's playing for. I think he's he's um like the guy that came out of Penn State. I just think he's never going to be. Now, maybe if he goes to another team in th- two years, who knows? He has not shown me anything. If it's, if you want to say it's the coach, that's fine. Mayfield is so up and down. Uh, the guy from Buffalo looks like the real thing. I don't think he's he's as good as like um mm-hmm. you know the Seattle quarterback or or, or Rodgers or. But I think he's a he looks really really good. Yeah. Um, maybe he's getting coached up better. I don't know. Um, who knows? I mean, well, this week. All right. So this week, you're saying you think the Niners win? I I find it. I'm trying to find ways that the Eagles can win. But all I'm trying to say is that the Eagles will win a game. Like I said, the same thing. You know they're going to win a game or two somewhere along the line that you don't think they can. This might be that week because if they don't win this week and they don't beat the Steelers, who will be having an extra week off, um, and I don't think that – the Eagles are going to play good one week. They're not going to oh, just keep playing like this, I don't think. They're not beating the Ravens. No. So if you don't win this week, you could be looking at 0-5-1 oh, and one. One or 1-4-1. One, one. again, And then playing the Giants on a Thursday night here. Right, they'll, they'll win that game and, right. and you know – and the Cowboys might be three and four by then themselves. I, who knows? Yeah. You know, it's it's a horrible division. It really is. I mean, you know, I I can't see whoever wins this division. I, I I'm not sure they're going to get the ten wins. Oh, I I don't third, think it is. Year. You know, I think the the one thing everybody's like poo poo in Dallas, and this will be our final word before we say goodbye. And remind you, we'll be back on Tuesday of next week, but. I think everybody's poo-pooing Dallas. Oh, Dallas stinks and everything. Well, you know, Dallas's two losses are against two really good teams on the road. And I get they got lucky against the Falcons, but I'm not holding that against I, them. I don't think Dallas sucks. I like, think some people think, I well, think, well, you're the, the NFC East, that Dallas sucks. I, I, I don't think I, Dallas I, sucks. No, I think, but what I'm saying is, Kevin, because I picked them to win the division. I thought, yeah, but they're not, they're Dallas. Right. There, there's always things that Dallas always figures out a way to screw it up. Now, maybe Mike McCarthy will change that. I don't know. But all I'm saying is even as I look at them now, I don't see them winning more than 10 games, no. which is fine if that gets you the division title. And it, now the last two years, the division was one with nine wins. Yeah. So I'm just saying when I compare them to some of the better teams in the NFC, I don't think they're all that. Now, are they dangerous? They're absolutely dangerous. They got a quarterback who's pretty good, a running back who's really good. They've got some receivers. I don't know about their defense yet. Um, but yeah, I don't think they're like a horrible team. No. I'm just saying is they play in a bad division. And yeah. um, you know, for the Eagles to and, and this is really a stretch because right now it's hard to predict the Eagles doing anything. But they're almost gonna have to go five and one in the division or at at worst four and two. 
Because if they go three and three in the division, it ain't going to be enough. Well, if they go it's five. Just, I mean, they're already zero and one, so they would have to run the table in the division. That's well. I'm I'm assuming they're going to beat the Giants twice and the and the return game with Washington. Okay. Then the question becomes: Can, can you, you beat, beat the Dallas Cowboys twice? twice? I don't know that. They might lose to the Cowboys twice. Right. Um. But you know, and you went over Dallas's schedule last week, and yeah, I I mean I I'm not saying. Like I don't want to sound like I'm coming down on Dallas. I don't mean that, but they could—they're within an Atlanta Falcons screw up of being zero and three. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, they are. And you know, would it be a better zero and three than the Eagles zero two and one? Yeah, but but it wouldn't be because the Eagles would be a half a game ahead of them in the schedule, and that's why Doug punted. So next week we never got to ask Ike about that. I wanted to ask him. Well, we it, it is removed a little bit. So I just wanted his thoughts. I just wanted his, you know his yeah. thoughts. So next I don't know. next Tuesday, you know, we could be talking. I think we're probably likely going to be talking about the Phillies at next Tuesday. Hopefully, Ricky Vidalco can join us. Uh, a little yeah. scheduling conflict this week with Ricky. So uh, and we'll figure out where the Eagles are. It's going to be a long year if. If the football team's this bad all season, you know, it's going to be. Let's go Flyers. I mean, I, I will say this. I do think now there will be a renewed interest in the Sixers. Oh, yeah. I, I, because there's going to be but, hope now. But, Mike, the problem is we're still three and a half months away from from that. Oh, I, I mean, there were people already talking that it might not start until um, mid-January or March. Right. Now, I'm even here later than that. Um Depends how the COVID goes. Yeah. You know, it depends what the winner's like. But what I'm saying is what I think, and, and even if they'd hired, look, if they'd hired Mike D'Antoni, we, we probably would have been skeptical, but we would have said, okay, at least there's, you know, maybe we'll see something different. Doc Rivers is, makes you believe, not that they're going to win the championship next year or they're going to make the finals, but that maybe, maybe their two superstars can start to put their big boy pants on. Yep. And and maybe show you that there is a future, which we all thought there was, coming off of last year. Yep. And we kind of had that taken away from us. Yeah. And um, I, I one of the things, Kevin, I'm really interested to see is because I think Doc's going to bring another point guard in. Yeah. Um, to to give Ben a chance, you know, that when Ben goes off the court, they're not like they, you know, point guardless. But I, it's going to be really interesting to me to see how Tobias Harris plays with him because I think mm-hmm. if Tobias he's not Jimmy Butler okay right. look, which, I, get, I get that but if he can be play up to almost an all-star kind of level or like and be that legitimate third guy yep that's I mean how many teams in the NBA have three legitimate guys not many There's not a lot of them nope all right uh we will wrap it up Mike because you're 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 due I think to uh depart yeah I gotta drive point. somebody somewhere so Thank you, Michael. Okay, man. I will talk to you next week. All right, thanks again to Ike Reese for joining us from 94 WIP. And our, our thanks to you for joining us. This has been We're Gonna Beat.